Welcome to the Multifamily Wealth Podcast. I'm your host, Axel Ragnarsson, and on this show, I dissect how seasoned multifamily investors started, built, and scaled their businesses. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another quick solo episode here on the Multifamily Wealth Podcast. And in this week's episode, I'm going to be talking about the concept of money finding you if you find a good deal. And I think an often uh, parroted statement in the commercial real estate industry or commercial real estate business is, if you find a great deal, you'll find the money. The money will find you. And I think that's one of the dumbest pieces of advice and one of the dumbest statements in the business. Uh, And I'm going to clarify that, right? Because I do think there is a little bit of truth to it, but I think it also sets people up to have false expectations when you're getting into the real estate business that literally just having a good deal means that investors are going to invest in that deal, which is just simply not the case. And I'm going to start this podcast with a very important distinction. When I'm talking about money finding you and how I'm interpreting this statement, it is you're an investor who has a good deal and somebody is going to passively invest in that deal, right? It's not going to be a joint venture partner. It's not going to be another investor that's going to help you operate it but somebody who is strictly going to write a check and let you run with it. That, I don't think, is a great way to approach the business. And honestly, those types of investors aren't just going to give you money if they don't know you, if they don't know your track record, if they don't know your experience, if they aren't, if they don't trust you, if they don't like you, regardless of if you have a good deal. Now, on the other side of the coin here, I'll make a distinction that if you find a great deal, yeah, you can probably find a great partner you know, an active partner, somebody that's going to help you operate the deal, somebody that's going to raise the money and is going to co-own that deal with you and take a meaningful percentage of the equity. That, sure, if you do have a great deal and you have a few connections in the local marketplace with folks that are experienced, that are, you know, that typically buy the same types of properties that um, that that you're looking to partner with them on, then yeah, that is possible, right? If you're defining that as the money, perfect. But if we're going to use that definition, I'd almost like to edit the phrase to, if you find a great deal, partners will find you, right? Not not investors or money will find you. So let's go back to the first, the first, um, you know, kind of that first nuance, right? The first way that I describe this, which is if you find a great deal, investors will give you money. That's not true, right? And I think especially now that's not true. And this is why this is kind of top of mind for me right now, is because I know of some folks who are newer to the game that think they have a good deal, you know, and they're just like, I'm having a hard time finding people to invest in this deal. And they're trying to raise the money from the folks that are interested in being purely passive investors, right? Not like an active partner on that deal. And there's any number of reasons, right? They haven't effectively told their story in the marketplace yet. They haven't established their credibility. The market is scary for folks that aren't in the business every day. They just read the headlines on Forbes and Wall Street Journal and you know all the major news outlets talking about how housing is crashing and how um, you know commercial real estate's in a bubble and all of this stuff, right? So the everyday investor is a little bit concerned right now. Um, oftentimes, investors don't even know what a good deal looks like, even if it hit them right in the face. You know, and and there's all these different hurdles that that sponsors need to get over, and all of these dominoes that they need to knock down before somebody is willing to write them a check. Right? You need to establish your credibility in terms of are you capable of operating this deal effectively? Can I even trust you when you tell me that this is a good deal? Right? If you're putting yourself in the investor's shoes. Um, the investor needs to be educated on what a good deal even looks like beyond what you are just saying to them, right? Beyond what you're just telling them. No, 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 no. $100,000 per unit in this market's a great deal. Nothing else sells you know, at that price. This is great. Okay. So 
unless this investor trusts you implicitly and it's like a family friend or you know a family member or you know a close coworker or something like that they're probably not just going to take what you're saying at face value right they need to understand what makes sense yeah this deal with conservative underwriting you know it's going to spit out a 20 IRR you know that's really great in today's environment some investors don't even know if that's good, right? You know, you have to think about the educational journey that investors need to go on in order to write a check to someone and actually invest in a deal. Is a 20 IRR good? They might think that's bad. You know, maybe they're a business owner that's used to making, you know, more active returns on their money, right? And they're not interested in investing at that, you know, rate of return. Um, conversely, you know, maybe you have someone who does think it's a good return and you're in a good situation, but you have to, you know, there's all, you have to provide context. You know, most deals trade, you know, at this price per unit and here's all the comps, right? And, you know, most private real estate offerings, you know, project 15 to 17 and a half IRRs. This one's 20 and really conservative underwriting. And these are all the reasons. And that's, you know, this is why this is a compelling deal. But, you know, and I'm kind of jumping all around here and, and, and kind of going down a bunch of different lanes. But the the fundamental point that I'm trying to make here is that, just because you find a good deal and you can define it as a good deal and you know it's a good deal because you know the market doesn't mean someone that doesn't know you or that market or regularly invest in real estate is going to give you money. And why would they? There's no reason that they would when you think about it. You know, if you're in real estate and you have somebody come, you know, let's say you're in multifamily real estate, right? And somebody comes to you with an incredible self-storage deal, you know, that's what they're saying. This is an incredible deal. We're buying it at this per unit, you know, they're this dollar per square foot. The rents are here, we can take them there, you know, this, that, the other. Yeah, maybe, you know, you have some kind of fundamental understanding of commercial real estate because you're in multifamily, but you probably don't know anything about self-storage. You probably don't know anything about operating self-storage. You probably don't know how to vet if this person is qualified to operate this deal. You probably don't know if the debt makes sense. You probably don't know if the business plan makes sense. You don't know the market, you know, dynamics. You don't know if his rent comps are accurate. You don't know any of this stuff, right? And if you don't, and if this, and if you don't know this person, you're probably not even asking yourself any of those questions, anyways, because you're like, "Hey, that's a lot of stuff I don't know, and I'm in, I don't know this person. It's not like I don't even trust. It's not like I don't trust them. I just I don't know them. So you're probably not even getting into everything because that's the number one hurdle you have to get past when you're an investor or somebody who's looking to raise capital from investors is, do I know this person? Do I trust this person? Do I believe this person's credible? Does this person have experience? It's all about the person, right? The investor, the sponsor. So you're probably just going to pass on that deal, right? Because there's so many question marks. And, you know, if you put yourself in the other guy's shoes, he's like, I have this incredible storage deal. Why isn't why aren't people giving me money? Well, it's because you haven't told your story over the over a long period of time and built those relationships and that rapport with the investor. You haven't you, know, you haven't gone out there and, you know, you know, like I said, told your story, created content, educated the future investors. You maybe haven't built a track record yet, right? You need a track record at the end of the day to really raise any meaningful amount of money. Um, and so you shouldn't expect that somebody would write you a check and then ultimately invest in that opportunity. It just doesn't track. That doesn't make sense. So when I hear people in the business talking about, it's just, you know, and I'm, I'm one of these people, right? I'll own this. It is all about finding great deals. Nothing starts without a great deal. Right. But if you're a newer investor or you're somebody who's, you know, even if you've been in the game for a while, you've done a handful of deals, but you haven't raised capital yet, you shouldn't expect that somebody that isn't familiar with real estate and isn't familiar with you and your experience and your story is going to give you any money, regardless of how the good, you know, regardless of how good the deal is, because why they don't know what they're even being presented with. Why would they? It's, it's, it's such a huge leap and it's a huge ask to get somebody to separate themselves in their hard-earned dollars 
to invest with someone that they don't really know that well into a into a an investment vehicle that they aren't that familiar with. Like that's just that's illogical, you know. And and I and I see people that think that that's how it works. It's just not how it works. Um, you know me. Obviously, I'm pretty well versed in multifamily real estate, right? If somebody brought me a deal that was a multifamily deal in a market that I'm not familiar with, sure, I can probably get comfortable with the underwriting and poke some holes in it and really get under the hood and and, and analyze the deal. But if I don't know the person, and if I don't know that that area, that submarket, if I don't know if the rent comps are accurate, if any of that stuff is accurate, the business plan makes sense. It's going to be incredibly hard for me to, to to write a check or to even want to partner with someone on a deal, right? Even if I didn't have to invest any money, like you know that. So that doesn't really make sense. Now, again, as I said, finding great deals is your roadmap into this business. That's how you get into multifamily real estate in a predictable fashion if you don't have money, because the other road is to just raise money or in you know invest in people's deals and just learn it that way. But if you don't have money and you know you're trying to to break into multifamily real estate or or start raising money from investors, it all starts with a great deal. And you can take it to partners that then can go raise the money from their network because their investors trust their judgment, right? They have a base of investors. Um, and they're going to be involved in the operations of the property. So their investors are comfortable because they know that they're you know, they're 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 Sherpa here in this situation. The person that they like to invest with has their hands on the deal and is going to be involved in the operations of that deal. That makes it much more comfortable for an investor. Um, and that's your roadmap, right? You're gonna have to give up a little bit of equity. You're not just gonna be raising money from purely passive folks. You're probably gonna have to partner with someone, and that's okay. And that's fine. That's how it that's how it is. That's how it should be, right? That's normal. And that's how you get those first couple, you know, few deals under your belt. And then when you have all of this success. And along the way, you're sharing your story on social media. You start an email list. You start, you know, reaching out to investors. You start telling people what you're doing, and you start building some level of a track record. And you start establishing credibility, and people start to know you. They start to like you. They start to trust you, et cetera, et cetera. Then, when you have a good deal, the money starts to follow a little bit. But even that doesn't solve the whole thing. Um, so I think you know, I I've just been I, I see that phrase used a lot <laughs> on social media and and on podcasts and. I just think it's such a stupid phrase. Like, I actually don't believe it at all. I think it's so misguided, right? And it sets people up for false expectations. Um, you know, investors who go out there, put some big earnest money down on a deal that that they feel is great. And then they're like, oh yeah, you know, it's a great deal. We'll go find the money. And then they realize they can't raise a dime, you know, and they have to either, you know, uh, fall out of contract and lose their deposit, or they have to go find an active partner to bail them out, to raise the money, to operate it, et cetera. Um, so if that is if that is something that you've been told, I would really take a second to recalibrate your expectations as it relates to the willingness of investors to give you money just because the deal makes sense, right? Investors don't invest in deals. And and this is something that it's taken me a little bit to learn and this is something that I've been told by countless, you know, investors who are farther along in the game than I am, right? Who have thousands of units, right? They're they're 5, 6, 10 steps ahead, whatever it is. And they're like people just don't invest in deals because most most at the end of the day, most investors, most truly passive investors who are willing to write a check, they're not going, they don't want to take a, a massive slice of the deal, however that's defined. They're willing to place their trust in somebody to run the deal and to give them some level of you know return that's satisfactory to them. They're typically not going to be tearing apart every component of the deal. They're just going to invest with someone they trust and who they think is credible and who they think is experienced. And they're going to be like, yeah, hey, if he's investing in the deal, if if they if he says it makes sense or if she says it makes sense and they've done 10 deals in this market in the past and you know yeah they provided some you know some color on the, the the important assumptions they made so i feel comfortable cool i'm down to write a check but 
that's all around the trusting of the individual, not the deal. So that's an important distinction to make. So I highly urge everybody out there, and this is here's the actionable takeaway from this episode because it's just been me sharing my thoughts up until this point, right? But if we want to get tactical and actionable, if you are somebody who's looking to raise money for deals, right? You're looking to 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 build out your investor base and you want to go find deals, raise capital and operate those deals. You need to start doing that before you have the deal. Like that is so critical. <laughs> it's like a really, really important thing to be doing. Um, and I was chatting with Rob Beardsley, whose podcast episode went up, you know, might have been last week, a couple weeks ago. Young guy. If you haven't listened to the episode, go and listen to it. He's a young guy, extremely sharp individual. Um, he's raised, you know, multiple eight figures worth of capital. And he was like, Yeah, the first couple of deals. We just didn't have those capital connections built out when we got into the deal and we figured we would, you know, raise the money on the fly. And he was like, We got we had a really hard time raising money. And this is somebody who had an extraordinarily experienced team around him, a very sharp individual, can can adequately sell and represent himself and his company in a in a in a in a you know in a great way. And he's like, Yeah, we just had a hard time raising money because people didn't know our story. They didn't really, you know, they didn't know us yet. Um, so Get out there, start networking with the investors, You know, start your email list, start your podcast, start posting on LinkedIn, on Facebook, on social media, start reaching out to everybody who you think has got a couple bucks that might trust you, might want to throw some money into real estate and start building those soft relationships so that when you do have a deal that's already somewhat, you know, that's somewhat warm and you're not just trying to pitch people on the deal because that's not what you're doing when you raise money. You're pitching people on yourself, your story, your company, you know, your investment strategy. And then the deal is the last part that you plug into that. So um, anyways, I'll stop this episode here because I think I've adequately conveyed my thoughts on that. Um, but hopefully I, uh, you know, introduced a little bit of a paradigm shift for folks who listen to this. And if you haven't already and you enjoy the podcast or at least you enjoyed this episode, uh, please consider leaving the show a rating and review. Uh, it really helps the show get noticed by more folks. And um uh, be sure to also subscribe. I haven't really pushed that on the podcast yet either, but uh, if you haven't subscribed to the show, definitely consider subscribing so you get these new episodes delivered you know, into your podcast feed of choice every week uh, when we release them. And we do two a week. So I uh, highly recommend subscribing. And if you haven't already, please consider leaving a rating and review. But thanks again for listening and I'll catch you guys on the next episode. Thank you for listening to this episode on the Multifamily Wealth Podcast. If you learned something new during the show, please consider sharing this episode with a friend, family member, or business partner, or just leaving a rating and review as it helps the show get noticed by more folks. Catch you next week.